Today is Thursday, February 23rd. The title for our devotional is Unity for Mission. This week we've been exploring Jesus' prayer for unity in John 17. Today, let's note the theme of how unity contributes to the mission of the church. Today, let's read John 17, 20 to 24. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. Here's, take note of this. May they also be in us, so that, reason, the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one, I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to complete unity. Again, take note of this line. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Jesus has already said at the same meal, remember, in John 13, 34 to 35, a new commandment I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. Note, note this, by this, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. These two are obviously linked. The unity we experience in the church is a result of the love that we share one for another. If we genuinely love one another as Christ has loved us, remember, this means giving up our rights and privileges for the benefit of the less privileged, then unity will result. As I said last week, I formerly thought so much of the disunity in the church was due to doctrinal differences. These are a part of it, of course, but the problem is more fundamental than theological differences. It's a failure to love one another as Christ has loved us, meaning in the way that Christ has loved us. This is a violation of what Jesus says is the second greatest commandment in Matthew 22:37-40. Now, if you watched the Super Bowl a couple of weeks ago, perhaps you saw that he gets us ads. Those ads caused quite a stir on Twitter, not surprisingly. Uh, not a good stir either, as in people discussing the actual content of the ads, which I thought was quite good. Instead, the sponsors of the ad campaign were accused of spending too much money on an ad instead of giving the money to the poor. Rather comically, that's exactly what Judas said when the woman poured oil on Jesus. I digress. It was accused of being a hidden message, supporting fascism even. Some accused the ads of not getting to the heart of the gospel, calling people to repentance, similar to the Jesus is my homeboy t-shirts. As expected, everyone just ran to their corners and used this as an illustration supporting their narrative. Personally, I have little problem with the ads or the money spent on them. My problem is that it it just feels a little cheap or like a quick fix to a much bigger problem. The theory behind this campaign is that people will be receptive to the gospel if they only know that Jesus relates to our human experience. Of course, that's good and a true message. But the deeper issue is that the Christians that they know, people who don't believe in Jesus, the Christians that they know, they don't act very much like Jesus at all. The church's primary witness, our love and unity, which this text says is the reason why people will come to believe in Jesus or will know that Jesus was sent by God, is the love and unity of the church. Our love and unity are so in shambles that we're missing the bigger picture. It's like fixing a patch of drywall on the second floor while the foundation is caving in. It's like slapping a band-aid on a gunshot wound or plugging a quarter-sized leak when there's a massive breach in the hull of a boat. Our missional foundation is cracked. We in the church aren't loving one another well, as evidenced by the resulting disunity that we see in the church. So, 
Back to basics we have to go. This bigger problem of disunity and not loving one another won't be fixed by an ad campaign, no matter how good the message is or how good the production of the ad is. This is the hard work of discipleship and being conformed to the image of Christ. This is what is required to restore the credibility of the church. And as Jesus teaches, this love and unity that we share together will be the primary method of evangelism for the church. Trust is not restored quickly, and we shouldn't expect a quick fix to the disunity we've experienced in the Western church. Yet, we can trust that God is faithful, and the unity that he has attained for the church in Christ will prevail, even if we face a time of discipline and correction and disunity. Reflection time today, I invite you to reframe your perspective of evangelism to what Jesus has actually said, not our evangelical church culture. We tend to think that the heart of evangelism is boldness in sharing our faith, or inviting people to church, or to live ethically, or inviting people to an event with a speaker who can administer a moving altar call. These are fine, but they are shallow. The Jesus method of evangelism is his followers loving one another deeply and loving one another well. This is sourced in abiding in Christ, and as a result, the church will experience unity. This is what is to make the gospel look so appealing to the outside world.